Hello, everybody, and welcome to Sharing Everything. We're your hosts, Joe and Katie Balecki, and we are married, and we like making each other watch movies that we like. Katie, what movie did I make you watch this week? Frank. I made you watch Frank. What's Frank about? That's a good question. It's uh, it's about Frank is a guy who wears a paper mache head, mm-hmm. and he's a musician, and he has a band. Mm-hmm. And what the- are they called? Nobody knows. They're the Saranophs. Yep, that's them. Um, and the movie is actually about a different guy named John. But is it though? Is it about him or is it about Frank? I think we're gonna talk about that. Oh, uh, I, I think so too. And uh, Frank is, or no, not Frank. John is this guy who's a musician, but he's struggling, and he's just kind of like, eh, I don't feel inspired. Blah blah blah, and uh. And then he uh, joins up with the Schnurf rumors and <laughs> and a movie happens. Okay. And mm-hmm. <laughs> in said movie? Yes. What, what happens? happens? Well, um, so it starts off with the John. Mm-hmm. He um, is walking. He goes to a lake and he sees police or somebody, rescuers of some sort, pulling this guy out of the water. Um, upon him trying to drown himself. And then there's this van. Not John, but the guy in the water. The guy in the water. I, do we know his name? I don't think we know I don't his name. Think they they might have said it. <clears throat> so, so a guy in the water is the keyboardist for the band whose name I will not try to say again. Mm-hmm. Frank's Band. Yes. And uh, I think that's actually how you pronounce that word. Frank's Band. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's phonetic, you know. Yeah. Um, and the the band is sort of just watching this happen and they seem pretty unconcerned which is kind of concerning um and uh they sort of offhand mention yeah we're not gonna be able to play tomorrow and then john's like hey i play the keyboards and then the guy's like all right come come play keyboards for us so john go or yeah john goes he plays keyboards during the show it's sort of goes badly because clara i clara, think her name is yep. she plays the theremin yeah and she's got she's got a synthesizer too oh okay well yeah, I so just, the, those were the knobs that she was turning okay and then the theremin was like the the wavy finger thing yeah it's the the magnets that yeah. you affect with your hand um i don't really know what happened i think she broke it yeah, it started sparking. And she stormed off stage and... Well, because the guitarist stopped playing and she yelled at him to right. for stopping. Right. She has a temper, playing. which we will... Little bit. Yeah, little we're going to talk about that too. But, um, and so, I've, I don't know. And then John just like goes home and then he gets a phone call and it's from uh, Don... Scoop McNary. Yeah, Don. The dude which, what's in Hall uh, uh, and Catch Fire. Would you like to try that again? The dude, what's in Halt and Catch Fire? Uh, no, dude, who? The, the dude, is in the dude, what also has a part in and that AMC. <laughs> no, he's not in Birdman. That's um, Michael Keaton. Yeah, I know, I know. Um, any, I forgot what we were talking about now. Uh, so oh, he, he, John, John gets goes, a call from Don, yeah. which Don and John. That's something else we're going to talk about. Is it? It is. Okay. <laughs> you remind me that i wanted to say something about that okay um and don's like yeah frank thinks you're brilliant and 
you're going to be in our band or you're going to come record with us or something. And mm-hmm. then then, then uh, John takes the weekend off of work and he packs the bag and he goes out what he think is going to be like a show or something. And and uh, it turns out they're staying in some like compound or something. It's a cabin. Out in the middle of the woods. Compound. <laughs> Hopefully the Blair Witch doesn't show up, huh? Mm. And um, so. And or the Kings of Summer. That would be bad. Why too. do all of our movies take place in the woods? I don't know. That's weird. It is kind of weird. weird. We, we like woods. We like apparently. the woods. <laughs> um, there's a joke in there somewhere. I'll let, no, I'll there's let not. The other one. I'll let the listeners whip it out. <laughs> okay. Um, and then it turns out that they're there to record their entire album. Mm-hmm. And so John is sort of like, "All right, guess I'm not having my own life anymore, and I'm staying with you, crazy people." Mm-hmm. Um. And then they they have some fun-ish times recording this album. Then they John and Don kind of bond about the fact that John and Don bond about mm. the fact that they uh they're both um long O sounds. No, that they're both musicians who don't think they're very good or something like that. And you know, fast forward a little bit after they record something finally. After months, eleven months, eleven months of recording, they find or eleven months they finally record something, and then Don dies. Well, he doesn't just die. He kills himself while wearing the uh, the Frank mask or head. Sure does. After they record the album, yes. Yeah. So that's a thing, and. Let's see what else happens. Then they, the John reveals that he's been like secretly taping the band mm-hmm. um, and putting it up on YouTube and getting a whole bunch of hits and everything. And then he gets a call from somebody from South by Southwest mm-hmm. and says, "Hey, come play." And so John has to convince them to come play. Claire is like, no, that's not us. And then the French people, they're like, no, that's not us. And then Frank's like, let's do it. Well, there's only one French guy. Oh, isn't the girl French too? Though the drummer just doesn't have any lines until the end. Okay, so she's not French. She's just unfriendly. Um, <laughs> um, What's the difference? <laughs> um, so then they go to South by Southwest. Um, there's a there's a bit about scattering Don's ashes, and it turns out to be protein powder. Yeah, it's it's just like the Big Lebowski. Basically. Yeah, I haven't seen that, so that, I don't know. A, this is the same gig they go to do uh, ashes, and it just gets blown in someone's face. Okay, was it protein powder though? No, it was okay. actually his ashes. Okay, Donnie's ashes. That's probably worse. Oh, it's the same name too. It was oh, Donnie. Hmm. Oh, yeah. It's, I wonder if they. So they just made the entire movie to ape off that one Big Lebowski joke. Perhaps, although probably not. Um, and then they're in, um, they're, they're at the, the music thing, South by Southwest, and, um, the, just, uh, Frank's like, hey, I want to be likable, people, people like us, we're on YouTube and all this stuff, and then the, somebody rains on his parade and they're like, no, like, you have 25,000 hits on YouTube, that's nothing, nobody knows who you are, mm-hmm. and then Frank freaks out. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. This movie, like, is longer than I remember it being because there's more things I keep remembering. Um, and let's see. Uh, what happens after that? This is a long movie. Um, so Frank then makes a likable song. Um, ah. and, mm-hmm. uh, 
John and the other bandmates start disagreeing more about uh, musical integrity and making mm-hmm. songs likable versus making songs that sound like them. Everybody leaves, so it's just John and Frank. John ends up, they go on stage, Frank is in a dress. Oh, yeah. John ends up playing his song mm-hmm. that he wrote, not Frank's song. Yeah. Uh, Frank freaks out. And then they leave, and then he he freaks out. He gets hit by a car, freaks out, runs away. Oh, um, yeah. And then John <laughs> finds him, brings him to, or finds him, talks to him, uh, and then Frank goes and finds his bandmates who are no, playing in the dive bar. No, you missed a part. You missed a part. What? Frank gets hit by a car, and then John gets hit by yeah, a car. Yeah, gets hit, <laughs> hit by a car, too. Um, and then, yeah, eventually he gets... Frank gets reunited with his band, sings a very lovely song, and John walks sadly into the distance. The end. The end. So, Katie. Yes. So, yeah, spoilers, everybody. I guess if you don't want spoilers... Too watch, late. You should watch the movie before you listen to this podcast, yeah, I think probably. is the lesson we've all learned here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Why'd I make you watch this movie? You know... I think okay. So you you're a fan of music. What? I mean, it's like you have another podcast. You know? I do. What is yeah. it called? I mean, I think it's called Jamma. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not like I've ever listened to it or anything. No. But I think it's about music. It's something about a musical adventure. You play songs and you talk about them. So yeah, you like music. This this movie is about a about a musician and other music related things. Um. It's also a very quirky movie. Okay. It's, at points I was thinking that it's sort of surreal. Really? What? When yeah. did you think of surreal? The fact that, like, it wasn't technically surreal or anything. Not like the textbook definition of it, but, like, the fact that this dude just wears a paper mache head all the time mm-hmm. and everybody treats it like it's completely normal. So there are little things like that that made me say, this is weird. And then, you know, you're weird. You like <laughs> the face what? you just made right now is perfectly illustrating my point. Mm. Um, so I think, I mean, I don't know specifically what you wanted me to get out of this movie in terms of why you wanted me to watch it. But I think it was just a very you movie. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> would you like me to explain further i don't know do you want to do you have more things to say about how it's a you movie sure not really oh <laughs> i guess you just have to know me yeah i i guess so, so we've now reduced our possible listenership to like six people sweet mm, which is you know Six times the amount of people who are listening to the show already. <laughs> so, hey, 600% growth in three episodes? Awesome. That ain't bad. <laughs> that ain't nothing to sneeze at. That's something we could bring to the advertisers. There we go. Um, so, why why did you want to share this movie with me? Because um, it's a very quirky movie. and It's about music. It's a very meme movie. It is. Um, I've heard that before. I also like movies that uh, subtly talk about themes of like identity Mm -hmm. um and inspiration and and things like that um and i you're a big fan of the young adult genre i am both the movies and the books Mm -hmm. and a lot of young adult stuff is about that finding out who you are where you fit into this great big scary world Mm -hmm. only instead of 
the last year of high school, this is, you know, a year of a guy's life. And, right. And, and an unfamiliar place, which is very much sort of the same thing, if you think about it, a, a lot of young adult books. Um, I sort of, I, I wanted to ask you, one thing I was thinking of is, who do you think I identify with more? John or Frank? Huh. That is a very good question. Um, Is it a cop-out if I say both or a mixture of the two? Not if you explain yourself. Okay. Explain yourself, wife! Okay. Um, I don't know what voice I was just trying to do. I don't know, but keep doing it. Keep going. (laughs) I can't. Do the whole rest of the show, that voice. No, no, no. We'll just forget that happened. Okay. Okay. Um, So... I think that at times you are like John because at the beginning of the movie, he very much was in sort of a creative rut. And that's not to say you're always in a creative rut. Thank you. <laughs> you're welcome. That's just like uh, he he had a lot of ideas and he didn't know what to do with them. Mm-hmm. He couldn't make anything out of those ideas. And there is actually a line. I wish that I had thought to look up that specific quote from this movie. Mm. But there's a... There's there's a quote where he says there's so many stories in his head, but he can't make a story oh, when or something when like that. Oh, when he's showing the music yeah. to... Yeah, and I feel like that's just a very like universal feeling for creative types like you and perhaps me, if I am anywhere near as creative as you, which I don't think I am. But anyways, so um, I think that you would identify with him because of that and also um i think you're like frank because frank is also an extremely creative person who does sort of odd things like i feel like frank was a performance artist yeah and i think you would like to be have some sort of performance art at some point so i sort of thought that you were like both of them um frank was sort of uh an just an odd person (laughs) um like there's part there's the part where john goes to frank's childhood home to find him after he removes his head and (laughs) removes his head (laughs) and his paper mache head and um it's just like they're like, yeah, he's he's not he wasn't weird. <laughs> I'm not explaining this very well. <laughs> I'm making you sound like a really odd person. Really? Yeah, I'm not trying to. Do you know what I'm saying though? Um You're not paying any attention. You're scrolling I'm, through I'm, your I'm phone. I'm looking through I'm looking for the the quote that you were mentioning, but I oh. it's not in the quotes on IMDb. Okay. I do think I know what you're saying. Okay. So um, who who do you identify with more or who or if both why well it's funny i think i am more like john but i'd like to be like frank okay (laughs) that's sort of what i was trying to get at yeah um (laughs) you know i'd like to be the weird artistic genius who's like impenetrable and everyone loves him because they're trying to like get in there and everything but really i'm just a weird ginger kid who has no good ideas and ruins everybody else's fun by the end of the movie oh come on (laughs) 
so let's talk about the end of the movie. So so Frank goes to the dive bar where the where the people are playing, and he sings a wonderful song, crying. Everyone's crying, and the camera pans over to where John was sitting, mm-hmm. and he's gone. Yes. And then he's outside, and he's walking away. Yes. And this whole time, this whole movie, he's sort of thinking that he's supporting the band, but really what he was doing was supporting himself. Yeah. There were... And it, this is sort of maybe related and maybe not, but there were a couple of parts, points during the movie where Clara in particular told John that he was ruining everything mm-hmm. and that he was destroying the band and things like that and that he was terrible. He was, he's not a musician. Um, and I was sitting there like when she, the first time that she said something like that, I'm sitting there thinking, how is he ruining everything? He's not ruining everything. But then as the movie sort of went on, I sort of understood what she was saying. Because mm-hmm. um, at first it was like he was invited there by the the guy who is the band, basically. Mm-hmm. And he was trying to help them like record an album that they hadn't written. Um, so I was like, he's not ruining anything. You're just You're just, you know, jealous or something that Frank thought he was so great. Um, and then, but then as the, as the movie went on, it sort of like seemed like John had like wedged himself into this band and was sort of trying to become an artist of his own accord, Mm -hmm. like using the band instead of as a part of the band. Mm -hmm. Exactly. There's a wonderful moment that the first time I saw it, I was like, oh, where, he gets the call, I think, is when it is from the South by Southwest mm-hmm. people. And they're like, you're the manager, right? Yeah. And he's like, yeah. And he's yeah. like, yep, that's <laughs> me. And I think his inner monologue thing even goes like, I think it's what Don would have wanted. Yeah. Which is super presumptuous for a dude he barely knows, mm-hmm. right? Who obviously had some some issues of his own, seeing as how he killed himself. Um. So it's interesting how the movie we alluded to this at the beginning of the show is we follow John, but the movie's about Frank. Right. And at the end, we realize that John isn't the protagonist. Mm-mm. He's the antagonist. Yeah. Which is weird because that's what like, that's one of the things in movies that I can never decide if I like or not, where it's sort of like a haha you thought this movie was about him and oh, okay. you thought he yeah. was a good guy and oh he's actually he's not great yeah well so there's unreliable narrators yeah that's what i was trying to think yeah. of the phrase like this is this is like the the black tar heroine of, of unreliable <laughs> narrators like this is the heavy stuff because like it's not even that he's unreliable because he you know, a lot of times unreliable narrators will be unreliable because they're liars or their memory is screwed up or they're on drugs or something. Mm-hmm. Like, it'll be it'll be something sort of, like, physical with them. Right. But he's unreliable because he doesn't know what he's doing until he's done it, until it's too late to fix anything. Yeah. Um, he's sort of oblivious to the damage he's causing. Yeah, because he's focused on himself. He's, he's a fairly selfish dude, if you think right. about it. Um. Which is interesting with the dynamic of Clara and Frank. Like, I, I kind of, watching it with you especially, I was like, oh, Katie's kind of like my Clara. Like, if I'm oh. Frank, if I'm Frank, you're Clara. Because 
while it seems like sometimes she's like enabling him a little bit, like I'm sure a lot of people would be like, she's been with him for so long and she knows him so well and, and everything. Like, why doesn't she try to get him to like get better? Because no one who's mentally healthy wears a paper mache head <laughs> all the time. So much so that you end up with scars on and his forehead and stuff. And bald patches. Yeah. Um but Clara for for all of her like mama bearness mm-hmm. like sees the genius in Frank that is Frank. Like she sees she sees how special of a person he is as a musician. And so she's very um protective of that and does I think maybe she doesn't try to like cultivate it but she she tries to like block things that would send it off course because you can tell that what Frank wants is to be famous mm-hmm. and but he wants to be famous with the music that he makes and so he's struggling the entire movie with trying to make likable music right um which and then he makes his most likable song ever and it's like coca-cola dance yeah. all night <laughs> um and so so Claire is an interesting character because she hates everything that's going to throw Frank off course right. from being the greatness that he is, you know. And there's a lot of good elements to this movie, a lot of good parts where he's like the ending is really good where he just grabs the microphone and he he's just like riffing in his head like you can see his mind working where he's just like, "Oh, He's like reading signs out loud and he's like, oh, I like this wall and makes a song out of it. Mm-hmm. And the the thing with the carpet, the little tuft of carpet. Oh, hair. Yeah. And it's this beautiful song and it's really great and inventive. And like the way that he talks is really interesting. Um, I really like the song that they do um, in the scene before Don kills himself where they're all playing together and he's like intergalactic nuclear missiles and everything like it's it's really cool like that's the type of like lyrical writing that i really like is that sort of like dense and really inventive and not necessarily straightforward and 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 so claire is interesting because she keeps him on track even Mm -hmm. if it seems like she isn't or something um i don't remember what my point was you said I'm your Clara. Yeah. I don't know what we were talking about before that. Uh, we were talking about John being an unreliable narrator. Yeah. And and sort of like, because it seems like the whole time, like, Clara is the antagonist because mm-hmm. she's against John, against John. But really, she's like the hero trying to, like, save uh, Frank, I think. I don't okay. know. Okay. Well, please. I didn't like Clara. I just, I couldn't like her because I think I was in that mindset of she's against John. Mm-hmm. John's the main guy of this movie. Um, and so, and I haven't really like thought about Clara after the movie. So after realizing that I was wrong about John and Frank, so I haven't fully thought about this yet, but I still don't think that I liked Clara because of the way she went about things. She stabbed John. She warned him. She warned him. She said very specifically at the very beginning, if you F this all up, I'm going to stab you. Yes. And then he messed it all up and she stabbed him. She did. She's not a liar. 
just not screwed it up but he didn't realize what he was doing and i know i know i shouldn't offend him because i just said he's not the good guy of this yeah. movie but still it's really like it's interesting the way that this movie was constructed because like i'm like yes i agree with this guy and what he did but i don't like what this guy did but their roles are reversed and i don't know it's, it's almost like they're full characters yeah, and not just flat tropes yeah, they're not stereotypical oh my god yeah this movie was written by someone who understands writing almost it seems almost oh my god <laughs> holy cow <laughs> yeah but yeah i mean obviously you don't threaten to stab people if they screw things up but you're very good at like keeping my mind on the right track or at least you try to do that you know <laughs> yeah. but like obviously like Clara couldn't do that near the end with frank because he was like nope i'm happy to be here i'm it's great and have fun she's like no no let's take a walk let's let's go you know relax for a bit and he's like no there i feel like i never fully understood the relationships of everyone in the band. I heard some character, maybe it was Don, remarking that they were all in a mental institution Well, together. he and Frank were. Was Clara? John and Clara asked, or John asked Clara about it after she hate had sex with him. Oh, uh, yeah. And he was like, oh, did you meet Frank oh, on the right. inside? And she's like, well, why do you think I belong in a mental hospital? Well, she kind of did. She maybe <laughs> has anger issues. <laughs> um... But, and then there were point, parts where I thought that Clara had a thing for Frank or something. Well, John even said, you're in love with him, aren't you? Mm-hmm. And she sort of, she didn't say no. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But, I, yeah, I think that was very obvious that she's very deeply in love with him. And yet, she still seduced John. She didn't seduce him. Actually, kind of, he seduced her. She No, she... she asserted her dominance in a way that he could understand okay that so there everything is about sex except for sex right in <laughs> in literature mm-hmm. and when film is included in literature everything's about sex except for sex that sex scene was not about sex no that was that was about her i mean the whole time he, she was like shoving his head under the water and like mm-hmm. banging it against the side of the thing like they were in a hot tub by the way yeah um <laughs> Yeah, it was it was a power move, right? Is is what I would call it. Um, which is one of the reasons. So these characters and the way that the story goes and the way that like you think John's the protagonist and you realize that in the end that he's really the bad guy is the reason why I love this movie so much. Um. I came for the musician with the paper mache head and I stayed <laughs> for the fact that it was an engaging story. And I, I really liked that this movie did that. I really liked that this movie took a quirky premise that the premise itself is going to bring people to the movie mm-hmm. and then actually just made a good movie too. Yeah. You know, we've, we talked about horror on a previous episode and people just like sell box art they sell movie posters and then mm-hmm. i guess oh i guess we got to have a film for this film poster and then they make 90 minutes of something um this movie could have easily been that right uh it could have easily just been a lazy bad movie and it wasn't mm-hmm. and i like that a whole lot i like that a whole whole lot yeah it was good uh i guess that's not a thing i asked you at the beginning did you how, 
how how much do you like the movie? Did you like the movie? I did like it. Um, I had scrolled past this movie on Netflix several times, mm-hmm. and it was just sort of like a bright yellow cover mm-hmm. with a puppet looking head on it and i was just kind of like uh that doesn't really seem like the kind of movie for me and i feel like i think at one point my dad actually tried to get me to watch this movie with Mm. him and then he read the the description to me and i was just kind of like hmm no thanks um so i was excited to finally watch it because i was like okay it's time to buckle down and watch this movie that has caught my eye so many times but i just never feel like watching Mm -hmm. um so it definitely was not what i expected um i was pretty much i mean before i knew that you had watched and enjoyed this movie i was expecting sort of a gimmicky type thing okay but then when i heard that you were showing me this movie i realized you wouldn't do that so then i thought okay there's probably something more to this movie so i sort of went into it expecting that it was going to be good and it was okay Um, i'm gonna exploit that trust oh (laughs) Okay, I might have dug myself into a hole there, mm-hmm. um, but I did enjoy it. It was a. I feel like didn't didn't at the beginning it said something based on a true story based on a news article from like the okay. Guardian or something. It was um, written by co-written by the guy who wrote the initial article. Um. So when I saw that, I was like, okay, because I am sort of a sucker for those based on a true story movies that like you can never really tell how much is fact and how much is fiction or inspired by a true story but not actually how it happened um so i was looking forward to that and i hope you're going to tell me about the true story slash who this movie was based on because i refrained from looking it up because i figured you would Mm. um and yeah i just i really liked it i like the main guy, the main guy, um, Domhnall Gleeson, I think is how you say his name. Yeah. I like him. Um, I'm not really a fan of Maggie Gyllenhaal, though. Really? Yeah. She's she's really divisive. Yeah. Like, a lot of people don't like the way that she looks. It's not about her looks, though. It's just, like, I can't recall a single movie she's been in that I enjoyed. Batman? She was in Batman? She, was, she got blowed up in Batman. Oh, that's right. Was it just the Dark Knight? What was it? Uh, the, I don't know the Heath Ledger one because they they changed yeah. the girlfriend from the first one to the yeah, second one. Yeah, it was Katie one. Holmes, and then it was then it was Maggie. Okay, I I blocked that out for some reason. I just don't like her. I just I. And what about uh, you know Donnie Darko? Everyone I've loves... never seen that. Really? I've n- oh, yeah. we'll have to maybe watch it. <laughs> what about S Darko? What? There's a movie called S. Darko that's the exact oh. same freaking movie, just with her, I guess. Oh, I haven't no. seen it either. Anyway, so I'm not really a fan of her, so maybe I was a little harsh judging Clara because of that. Because yeah, I mean, I saw she's, her she's a harsh like, character. Yeah. Um, and then when the... When the Frank head came off, Mm -hmm. I recognized the guy and I could not for the life of me figure out what I knew him from. And then I saw it was Michael Fassbender. Yeah. But I like him too. Dude, he came out of nowhere. Yeah. Like you never heard of Michael Fassbender. And then starting in like 2013, he's in all of the good movies. And I don't know. Like I was, I, I was expecting like a no name 
and I guess at this point he was a no name. Um, I don't, I don't know I what think, year this movie I think was it's, from. It was 2014. 2014. Okay, mm-hmm. so I was expecting just a random guy whose voice sounded good because he was going to be wearing a head the whole time, so they didn't really care who he was. Yeah. Um. So when it was Michael Fassbender, I was like, oh, cool. Um. Yeah, there were a lot of really interesting things about this movie that I liked. There were some things that drove me nuts that I think I pointed out to you, and you already told me like discussed them but like the whole the text message or the tweet coming up oh. on the screen thing that that's just hard to do no i really i like that i like it when they put that up on the screen i don't know why and this is my young adult world coming out again but the fault in our stars they did that and i really liked it like i, I don't know there's just something about it. it's like pulling me in um but it bugged me because, like, the first time that he, in his narration, he read the tweet that he was writing, mm-hmm. um, like, they showed it on the screen. And then the next time, they didn't. He just said, like, hashtag whatever, and you kind of knew it was yeah, a tweet. Yeah, and his inner monologue. But then, later in the movie, they just randomly did it again. Well, they, they switched to, like, Tumblr posts at one point. Yeah. And they, they kind of switched back and forth. So they... They showed it on screen, I think, when they switched back and forth, and then his inner monologue was that, like, until oh, they showed okay. you the next thing. Okay, that makes more sense. It was just, I don't know, I'm a, I am a proofreader, and so all things consistency really bother me when they are not consistent. Yeah. So, that sort of bugged me. Well, like I said, it's hard to do that type of stuff. Like, it's hard to show text messages. Like, there's mm-hmm. such a vital way to how we communicate these days that, like, you kind of have to have them in movies that are set in the modern day, but it's hard to do it. Yeah. I like the way that they did it because it was just sort of, like, I mean, like I said, like, they they did it once, and then, okay, so now we know all of his inner monologue is going to be this until we see a Tumblr post, and it's like, all right, six, and now he's, it's all going to be this. Yeah. Um... Anyways, we got really yeah. off topic. I was talking about liking the movie. Yes, I liked the movie. Um, you made an interesting face when you were looking at something. So I'd like to hear what it was. Oh, um, I just kind of want to talk about movies based on things. Okay. Uh, the real Frank Sidebottom, which is... Sidebottom? Frank Sidebottom was the name of the character. Is he related to character. Neville Longbottom? No. Oh, okay. Continue. So, in real life, there was a musician who had a head like this. <laughs> he, okay. Um, and his name was Frank Sidebottom, and he was very quirky. He had a very high-pitched, nasally voice, and he sung silly songs. Okay. He didn't wear the head all the time. Okay. And uh, he eventually quit just because he kind of ran out of money. And that's the story. Essentially. The the article, and you can search for it, just search for like the real Frank or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's more into it than that. It, it's sort of torrid. But I mean, essentially the Frank character for this movie was expanded and embellished and changed an awful lot. Okay. Like it was... It was I don't even want to say it was based on. It was like inspired by. Yeah. Yeah. Which is semantics is fun because mm-hmm. especially in horror movies, which I like to complain about apparently, <laughs> like this movie based on true events and like the events are, yes, something mildly scary happened to a man and a woman and something scary <laughs> is happening to a man and a woman in this movie. Yeah. 
Yeah, there's a lot of uh, creative like, liberties. They kind of use it as a selling point, which is mm-hmm. interesting to me that you are uh, admittedly a sucker for it. I am. I just, I don't know why. Um, I think, like, it also goes back to, like, my writing style okay. is that I enjoy things that are realistic. Mm. Um, so whether or not they are actually based on or inspired by true stories or events or people or what have you, like... I guess it doesn't really matter to me. I just like the fact that it is somehow rooted in reality. So it's not going to be like a fantasy. It's not going to be some sci-fi thing that doesn't happen in real life. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't have a good explanation. I just like them. Yeah. I'm. A lot of people like the real stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you want to get into some trivia? My sure. darling. Let's my darling wife. Hoife. <laughs> All of the music performed by the band is played live by the actors on screen. Really? Yes. Okay. According to IMDb trivia, which is sort of like Wikipedia and anyone can... I am choosing to believe it. I'm choosing to believe it, too. I remember at one point really liking uh, School of Rock, the Jack Black movie. I love that movie. And then I watched it again as an older person and I was like, that kid is not playing the drums. Yeah, well. Like, he's very, very clearly not even hitting the cymbals. <laughs> and they're, like, not strumming in time. Like, it's so... It's like watching one of those bad rip-off Italian movies where they just have people speaking Italian and then they overdub with English. But not all the characters do that, just the ones who can't speak English. <laughs> I can tell you definitively I've never seen a movie like that. <laughs> Yet. <laughs> Michael Fassbender only had peripheral vision while he was wearing Frank's head. <laughs> I guess that makes sense. Which is so great because some of the times where he, like he bumps his head and stuff, <laughs> like really you, you can tell that he's he's disoriented, <laughs> which is wonderful. Uh, the scene in which Frank chases John whilst, whilst trying to hit him with a shovel, yelling "It'll be worth it," was improvised <laughs> by Michael Fassbender. Frank was actually not, just supposed to be running around, not involving John in any way. Huh. Which is, I am, which is uh, that's delightful. I love real moments in films like that where people are actually scared, which is why I started off this show or this, yeah, this show with uh, the Blair Witch Project. Yeah. Um, and I just I love tiny little things like that. I love tiny world building. That's why I love the newest Mad Max movie so much because it's just tiny world building. Mm-hmm. Um, because you know that Frank is this weird, quirky genius guy. And so at some point, he deems it a good idea to hit John with a shovel. <laughs> and John is still new at this point in the movie. And so he's like, no, it'll be worth it. I'm going to do it. And that's just great. Like, that that, that little bit of characterization is, is money to me. It's so good. Um, I kind of just want to touch on something you just said. Mm-hmm. I'm interrupting your trivia time. Do I'm it. sorry. No. Um, Keep going. So, so you said that. Frank is this creative, genius, quirky dude. Mm-hmm. And as we learn throughout the movie, he is the protagonist of this movie. Yeah. But we don't know anything about him. Well, it's because our eyes of the film are John, and John doesn't bother to learn anything about him. I know, but like that's that like that sort of just hit me. And I'm like, huh. I ended up loving Frank, and I knew 
zero things about him until the very end. Yeah, which is, you get that from a lot of the other characters, is that no one really knows all that much about him, except for Don, who lived with him in the mental facility. Yeah. Um, but everyone loves him because he's a good dude. Mm-hmm. Like, you can tell he's a good person, his heart's in the right place, and he's a genius. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm just remembering a scene of the movie, and I don't know why. All right. <laughs> okay. So... So John, he he came up with some melody or something, mm-hmm. and he's so excited and he wants to go tell Frank about it. So he runs into Frank's room or part of the house or mm-hmm. whatever, and he hears that Frank is in the shower. Yeah, and so he so you can sort of tell, like he's by like, looking oh, at John, that he's like, huh. I'm going to see what he looks like without his head on because he's going to be in the yeah. shower. Well, he, he, then, finds, he finds a head no, in yeah. a Yeah, and so too. he goes in and he finds the head and then he just he just gets this look on his face and he like tiptoes over to the, to the, the bathroom door and he sort of like opens it, it creaks open and then you just see Frank's head just pop out of the shower and he's wearing the paper mache hat. And he's got a plastic bag <laughs> over it like he's washing a cast. <laughs> I don't know why that just popped in my head but that was so funny that was one of the funniest parts of the movie to me it was great it was a very funny part it was great anyways continue um apparently the band's communal recording session is based off of events surrounding the iconic album trout mask replica by uh captain beefheart i looked for this album and i couldn't find it. it's not on spotify so i was gonna listen to it okay uh the part of frank was supposedly originally written with johnny depp in mind yeah you mentioned that i mentioned that so if you watch yeah, I'm so glad yeah. Michael Fassbender is such a better actor than Johnny mm. Depp, and that's a fucking fact. <laughs> it's a goddamn fact, Jack. Um, <laughs> but yeah, if you've seen like Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas or The Rum Diaries or anything where where Johnny Depp is supposed to be acting as Hunter S. Thompson, the vocal patterning is very much the same. So I wonder if Fassbender was directed to sort of uh, have that Hunter S. Thompson esque. Thing. but i like the way that he talked like yeah yeah i thought it was good i really really showed fassbender's range because that's not how he, he was normally in a talks. paper mache head and he was still yeah like the star he was still movie. really compelling yeah. for other reasons uh co-writer john ronson did play in chris cv's band aka frank sidebottom uh he played in the support group called the oh blimey big band According to a Guardian article, the dialogue at the beach when John is being hired as replacement for the keyboarder is quite concurrent with how Ronson got into the oh blimey big band. Then by a phone call containing the same phrases such as, I can play keyboards, can you play C, F, and G, and you're in. Ronson's first gig with the band was indeed at a bar as was John's in the movie. Okay. So... So that really is inspired by yes. true events then. Mm-hmm. And written by the guy what inspired them. Okay, plus one for him. Yeah. Although the biggest chunk of the movie is set in Ireland, and both stars of the film are Irish, Fassbender and Domhnall Gleeson, neither of them is Irish in the movie. Fassbender's character is American, specifically from Kansas, and Gleeson's character is British. Some some fun stuff, mm-hmm. uh, and this just warms my little heart. This oh, is again wonderful filmmaking. It. At the start, when walking down the street, John passes a kid on a bike, guy washing a car, and an old couple. At the end, when going to Frank's house, he passes a kid on a bike, a guy washing a car, and an old couple. Love it. Oh, 
Beautiful. Mm. <laughs> mm. That's just, again, beautiful little touches like mm-hmm. that. Like that's, you can make a really, you can make an arty film without making it unbearably arty. Yeah. You know, this this movie is very artfully crafted and it's not in your face about it. And I, I really appreciate it. I agree. Um, I feel like a lot of the best movies that came out in the past couple of years are like that. I feel like Nightcrawler's like that and mm-hmm. Birdman's like that. And, um, a couple other of the really good movies mm-hmm. are like really, really craftily made with really specific things. Like the framing in Mad Max, I'll bring up Mad Max again, um, is like center framing. So there's when you look through a camera's viewfinder, sometimes there's like a cross in the middle mm-hmm. and the the junction of the two lines, the vertical and the horizontal, is the middle of the screen. And the uh, director of Mad Max was screaming at his cameramen the entire time to keep the actors' faces in the middle of the... Hmm. Or their nose in the middle. Normally, they're, like, off to the side. This right. thing called the rule of thirds. Look it up. That's awesome. Um, but he wanted everyone's face in the middle all of the time. And he did this for a really artful and good reason. But you don't notice it in the movie unless someone tells you first. And the reason that he did it is because the movie is so fast-paced because it's the it's a 90-minute chase scene. Right. Is that your eyes don't have to move. Mm. Your eyes are always looking in the dead center of the screen, and every time a person is on the screen, they're dead center. Um, and it's great because the movie's moving so fast, and then that, that way you like don't get tired, and you don't miss anything. Like It's really cool, but it doesn't throw it in your face. Like There's some movies where they're like, I'm not going to use any dialogue (laughs) and it's just like sometimes it can work and sometimes it sometimes things just feel arty for the sake of being arty like that movie the artist i've never oh i haven't seen it but it was i think it won an oscar it It uh, was a black and white silent film yeah made in like 2011 or something Yeah. yeah like yeah like i'm sure we haven't seen it so it might be like it might be really great. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's like another thing where it's just kind of like, oh, okay, so it's art for the sake of art, which again can be good. Mm-hmm. I think I'm just a little bit sour on art. Right now, art prize is happening. It's a thing it that is. happens in Grand Rapids, and I have to drive through it every day to get to work. <laughs> and it's real easy to not like art when it's inconveniencing you. Yeah. Um, and I've been inconvenienced by <laughs> art an awful you lot sure in have. the past week. <laughs> So I'm usually a little bit more like, oh, no, like art, it should be whatever the artist wants and we should learn to understand it. Um, But after trying to weave around a whole bunch of tourists who are just stopping in the middle of the freaking sidewalk to look at something dumb while I'm trying to get to work because I couldn't park close because parking is super expensive because of these same dumb tourists stopping to look at something (laughs) dumb. Uh you it's it's a, a lot it's a off. it's yeah. a lot harder uh you need to your art needs to be worth it at that point <laughs> makes sense um yeah darling yes what else do you, do you have anything else to say about the movie or the giant rant i just went on um i have no contributions to the giant rant okay um other than that's nice dear yeah yeah um hmm I don't know. I just, well, thank you for showing me this movie because Aww. I really enjoyed it. Oh. <laughs> I don't know. I don't, I mean, I feel like we, uh, we covered everything I had. Okay. Um, aside from, 
the it did have its gimmick you know mm-hmm. the head the, yeah. the paper mache head so was that like was it because it, it it like turned me off when i saw the cover on netflix mm-hmm. and at the beginning of the movie i was sort of iffy on it but mm-hmm. then it grew on me and I just, like, did it have the same effect for you? Like, did you go into it thinking this I mean, was I, just going to be a gimmick? Or I what? watched it because of the trailer, which was a lot of his more sort of eccentric moments. Mm. Um, and just because it was about a weird musician who wears a weird head. Like, I'm I'm a sucker for people who dedicate themselves to something so much that it makes them almost inhuman to normal people. Hmm. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm a big fan of someone who throws themselves into something all of the way. I find that fascinating. <laughs> you taking a bite out of the microphone? Yeah, it just looked uh, like an ice cream cone no, for a second. All right. Well, the acid is kicking in. <laughs> what movie are we going to watch next week, darling? Well, my love, mm. I am sort of going to, uh, piggyback off of this, this music theme we have going okay and for it we are going to watch begin again is that the justin bieber documentary no i know you're so disappointed one direction documentary no but although you should give that oh i made you watch that you did is it the five (laughs) seconds of summer documentary i don't think they have one is it the backstreet boys documentary no but i will say this it does have adam levine from ruin five in it Mm, okay so, uh, so prepare for that. I'm, uh, my body is ready. Okay. Okay. All right. Okay. Well, we hope that you enjoyed this episode. You can email the show at noisemakerjoe at gmail.com with, uh, just put sharing everything in the subject line. Uh, you can find the show on iTunes, soon to be on Stitcher and Google Play and wherever good podcasts are found. Give us a five-star review. Yes, please. You can also find the show and everything else that I do, uh, except for Katie, uh, at (laughs) noisemakerjoe.com. And uh, until then, keep talking, keep loving, and keep sharing.